The COVID variant Omicron is exploding all across the globe, just sweeping through countries. We're starting to see cases and even deaths mount. How bad is it? Come on, let's go find out. The following is the audio version of a video released at peakprosperity.com. Visit peakprosperity.com to watch the video and to find other insightful content such as articles, discussion forums, and exclusive subscriber-only content. Hello everyone, Dr. Chris Martinson here back with you. I'm wearing my red and my green because we're doing this on December 22nd. You can feel that Christmas spirit in my household. Happy holidays, everybody who's watching this before the holidays. If you're watching afterwards, uh, hopefully some of this turned out to be prophetic, but let's take a quick peek. Omicron, what is it? You know, we've been tracking it for a while. Is it a huge disaster? It is. It's a giant disaster, but really only for the data hesitant. That's my name for people who don't want to look at the data. By the way, we're breaking out the honey badger uh, again, because this Omicron variant absolutely qualifies as the honey badger. It is unstoppable. It is not caring about vaccination status. Looks to be about as transmissive as measles, by which I mean it's explosive. So let's go take a look at this data, see where it is. But first, well, I think I want to start here. And so I'm going to get my drawn to a lot so I can draw um, this. I just pulled these today off of Google and check this out. Bill Gates on Omicron. We could be seeing or entering the worst part of the pandemic. Bill Gates has canceled most of his holiday plans due to Omicron. You know what? I would care more about what Bill Gates thought if he actually graduated college or actually had a science degree or actually practiced science or was a doctor or something. But he's none of those things. So I actually don't really care what Bill says, um, but I do care that he makes a lot of money off of this whole thing. And he seems to find a way to always be telling us how bad and how awful and how scary this whole thing is. How about this? CNN says Britain battles Omicron tidal wave. Tidal waves are pretty bad things as infections double every two to three days and first death singular from variant is recorded. Below that, CNN, Omicron, spreading fast. That's alarming, even if it is mild. Um, No, it's actually, if it's mild, it's not alarming at all. We'll cover why in just a second. Uh, AP News, virus fears widen as Omicron variant takes hold across U.S. Pretty dim picture of a bunch of, you know, cold-looking, blue-lighting, masked-up people. And then over here in my home state, Boston Globe says Omicron now dominant in Massachusetts. We asked experts if the recent COVID surge. So you can see the language here. This isn't cherry picking. This is what shows up when I just say Omicron variant and constrain the search to the most recent week. And it's just headlines like this. This is just what shows up. They're completely unwarranted. Here's why. Let's go there. First, really, really nice. I have to give props whenever I see it. The UK Health Security Agency, the HSA, has done a really good job giving us data around all kinds of things, the Delta variant beforehand, vaccination status and surveillance, and now Omicron surveillance. They have a whole report out on it. I like it because it gives us data we can look at. So let's look at it really quickly here. This is the most recent report that's coming out here. It's current up through, I believe, the 20th of December. And yep, says so right down here, uh, up through, yeah, make sure I got my, this one. Yeah. Up through the 20th of December. Okay. Um, so what do we see here? First, they have what they're calling confirmed Omicron cases. They've done the complete sequencing of the samples they get, and they see that they have Omicron. It's confirmed. Now, you know, we also have these things called the PCR tests, which are reasonably accurate, provided you don't overcycle them and you don't go above a cycle threshold of maybe 30-ish tops. Um, I can't tell you what 
protocol they're using here, but I will tell you that this thing right here, the SGTF, these are putative Omicron cases. And I'm going to explain what that means in just a second so you can see. Uh, and at any rate, what are we seeing here? In England, 56,000 confirmed Omicron cases. So this is this is just a daily up. I mean, it's just it's exploding right now. Um, and they have 118,000 total. And so you can see from previous report, 14,000 cases coming in from the day before. Another 14,000 here. It's just, it's just massive, massive cases. So they're recording roughly, I don't know, I think it's closing in on 90,000 cases of COVID per day in the UK. As I'm going to show you from this report, the vast majority of those now, as in three quarters, are Omicron. So this is just how they're reporting it here. Um, and they have a lot of these. So what is this SGTF? Why is this a putative case? So we have to understand something about the PCR test itself and how it's conducted. So I put a little something together. This SGTF stands for S-gene target failure. So when the uh, you get a PCR test, you know, they put this little swab right up your nose and then they get a sample out, which has all kinds of your DNA, but it also has some of that viral RNA in it. And then they take that viral RNA, convert it back into DNA, and begin amplifying and amplifying and amplifying it. So the way they do that is they take a little stretch, a little stretch of, of DNA or, or nucleic acid material that would match some part, some very specific part of the virus that you wouldn't find in any other virus. And so if it matches those, you say, oh, well, it had to come from that. Now, when you have an S-target failure, they actually have three separate parts of the virus they're looking for in one of these PCR tests. They have a little piece here from the um, RDRP, that's um, the reverse reverse ribonuclease reverse um, enzyme, and they have a little bit from the S protein, and they have a little bit from the N, or the nucleocapsid protein. And so they're looking for this RDRP, they're looking for the S, they're looking for the N. Well, Omicron is so different that they can still get a match off of these two highly conserved sections, but the S doesn't match anymore because it's that different. It's part of the reason why current antibodies from current vaccines don't work so well in stopping this. In fact, don't work at all, according to some data, because they're targeted right at this S thing, the the spike protein, and that's the part that isn't even matching when they're doing the polymerase chain reaction, the PG um, PCR test. So that's why you get stuff like this. They're saying, well, we confirmed a bunch of cases because we sequenced them, but then we, we had all of these PCR tests that we were doing that just didn't match at all. And we're calling those the S gene target failure, the SGTF cases. Pretty likely those are Omicron. So this plus this, these, this, this little category plus this, those two columns together, that's Omicron. All right. So with that as a background, it's already three quarters of the cases from the same report. This is total COVID cases with known S gene status. So this is definitely Omicron and the SGTF cases. And when you look at this, the percent of this, um, yeah, they're, they're already well over three quarters on average when you go down this whole line right here. Um, look at London, 89.7% fall in uh, of everything that they're doing here saying, yeah, this is this is Omicron. So Omicron just got to the UK not that long ago. It's already 89% of the cases they're detecting, let's call it 90, um, in London. So it swept through and it exploded in really quick and hard. In fact, how quick and hard the doubling time, this is astonishing, is averaging anywhere from, what's the lowest on here, 1.7? 
get do we get lower net? Oh, 1.67. So let's call it around 1.7 days and a high of closing in on three days-ish, but somewhere around two days doubling. That means if it went from 1,000 cases to 2,000 cases in just two days, and then it goes to 4,008 and 16 and, and so on and so forth, within about seven doublings, usually, you pretty much got the whole place covered. Um, by 10 or 20 doublings, you're all done. So that means we could say, well, what's 20 doublings? 40 days. So if this continues at this particular pace, which I don't think it will, but if it did, basically the whole country gets it, no avoiding it. That's what we've been saying for a while. Nobody's going to avoid this thing. We're all going to get our our turn with it. So um, I think that's an okay thing because I'm going to show you the data behind that next. This is actually some of the best news I've seen so far. We've been tracking this for a while, wondering... Early returns from Omicron didn't look that bad. So fingers crossed, we were saying, hey, this could be a very good thing. Highly transmissive, but without that much pathology associated with it. That's the best of all worlds if, and here's the one thing we don't know, if the antibodies that your body develops and the natural immunity that your body develops, um, whether it's naive, meaning you haven't had a vaccine, whether you've already had COVID of some other variant, or you've had a shot or some combination of those last two, Plus, we put Omicron on top of that. Does that actually give us extra immunity? I think so. I don't have the data for that yet, so that's just a guess. But that's that's both what I hope and what I think. So looking at this, here's something really interesting. So when they're sequencing all these cases, you can see how many cases they have. I think this is just their, their testing week. I think people come in for tests on Monday. I think that's why you see this little cadence to it right here. It's a weekly cadence. All of a sudden, this is Omicron coming in, the SGTF and presumptive cases. Look at that explosion. What you're going to notice if you look at this carefully with me, let me back this up, is that if Omicron was just a pure additive, meaning you had all these other variants and now we've got Omicron too, you would see these bars stack on top of each other. We don't see that. What we see is the purple begins to compete away the green. So the size of this purple bar here is larger than this green bar. And it's large, purple's larger than this green bar and this one. So what's happening is people are, this is very good news. It's baked into this chart. It's saying that people are getting one or the other. But if you get Omicron, you're not getting the other one too, because we would see that because some people would be, would be detectable. They would have both uh, variants in them and you'd be able to detect that. I'm not seeing data for that. So what it is saying is that people are showing up. They have the Omicron variant within them and they are S. GTF. They are the S gene target failure, meaning they're not showing up with that S gene in there. So because of that, we can clearly say that Omicron is out competing the other variants and it's an either or according to this chart. You are either going to have Omicron or you're going to have the other one. I can't tell you if you have the other one plus um, Omicron because you would, your S gene would light up and they would have to sequence both of those out of you. I haven't seen any evidence that they've sequenced people and they're saying, oh my gosh, they have Delta and they have Omicron. What we're seeing right now, either or, and that's very, very good news. And the second thing you're going to notice from this is this shape. So let me undo that so I can draw this more clearly. This is the explosive rise we've been hearing about breathlessly in the news, but you can clearly see that this is already peaked out. Now, is that a false peak? Is it going to explode even further from here? Christmas, people at home, large gatherings, partying, a lot of eggnog, possible. But for now, 
what it looks like is that it's come and peaked. Here's a closer look at that. They are breaking this down now by region, all these different regions, northwest, northeast, east midlands, etc. And so we can see that same shape here, huge explosive rise, and it seems to be coming back down again. Um, so that's good news. It would probably support a hypothesis that says Omicron is so transmissive that whether you've had prior infection or not, whether you've had um, vaccination or not, it seems to just come in and sweep through. That's what we're seeing here so far. All right. Now, where else have we seen that? We're seeing that same behavior in South Africa, but we've got a little extra detail here, which is cool. This Delta wave was very bad. Um, killed a lot of people, came in, had this explosive rise. These are where you are hearing all sorts of really bad news reports like, oh, my God, you know, death and destruction. And then, of course, what happened, just like every other wave, it kind of went away as fast as it went up. And the interesting part is it took 52 days from sort of the turn the corner phase of this where it starts to grow exponentially. 52 days to peak before the peak went away. Same thing here. Here's where Omicron starts. Ramps up, very sharp fall off in the peak. Let me take that away so you can keep your eye on it. That was half, 25 days. So this is confirming the idea that we have a really, really explosively transmitted, high r not super virulent in terms of transmissivity virus. Might as well be measles uh, going into a, a, a daycare uh, where nobody has any measles vaccinations. It's, it's astonishing how fast this thing really spread. So... That's what we see there. Now, um, the issue, though, is that even though these are like, look at all these cases, you know, this is however many were detected. And by the way, most people are reporting that the symptoms of Omicron is like cold. So a lot of people aren't even getting tested. But many, many people have caught this thing. And here we are a number of weeks into it. And on December 22nd, a recent report from Reuters says there are currently 129 people in the hospital with the Omicron variant of the coronavirus so far, and 14 people have died with it. Now, why am I emphasizing with? Well, you know why. All we know for sure is that somebody's in the hospital and they've been detected to have Omicron. Are they in the hospital because they had a stroke and then they also found out they had Omicron? Are they in the hospital because they fell off their bicycle? There are some people like that in this story, but look at how pathetically small, wonderfully pathetically small these numbers are. 129 and 14. This is nothing like what we were seeing during the Delta wave. Um, nonetheless, uh, Health Minister Cillian Keegan says uh, UK government would not hesitate to bring further COVID-19 restrictions if the data showed it was necessary. Good news. First crack in the narrative where we're seeing that they're saying... Maybe the data isn't saying we need all these restrictions because 129 and 14 people in the hospital are dying with COVID. These are very tiny numbers. It's absolutely as tragic as it is in these individual cases. It's even a larger tragedy to take a nation of 60 million people and lock them all down to because there are a relative handful of, of uh, casualties and even deaths. And again, with, not of whole story there. We won't go back through that. You know that story. Prime uh, Minister Boris Johnson said on Tuesday he would not introduce new restrictions in England before Christmas. Probably politically smart. But but the situation remained extremely difficult and the government might need to act afterwards. So, so they're keeping their options open to, to act here. There's nothing in this data so far to suggest they need to. So let's look at some of that data Next, uh, here's some of it. 
Uh, this is just one report uh, from some doctors out of New Delhi who are saying in India, the symptoms caused by both um, Omicron and SARS-CoV-2, they're very, very different. For example, doctors treating patients affected by the new variant in Delhi say Omicron does not cause loss of taste or smell. Interesting. That's what they're noticing. So if you have COVID-like symptoms and you lose taste or smell, you might have the much more dreaded Delta variant. It's a very different beast um, and it needs your full attention. This does too, but I mean, it really does if you got the, got the Delta. So that's a big change. That's a really big change because what we're seeing too is that Omicron does not really replicate all that well deeper in the lung tissue. It does much better in the bronchus up higher, that large tube that feeds into the, into the lungs, and also in the nasopharyngeal area. So the fact that it doesn't cause loss of taste or smell is a very important clue. We're going to have to chase it down. I could guess wildly as to why that might be, but my it, it, you know, easy guess is it's not invading the tissues in the same way as the earlier variants. Okay. And it's competing away those earlier variants. So I think it's the best of both worlds. Let's keep going. They say here in green, quote, we have treated 24, 24, just a handful, a couple dozen Omicron positive patients so far, but only two were symptomatic. One had low grade fever, sore throat, headache, body ache. The other suffered from a sore throat and loose motions. I think we can guess what that is. Their condition improved with symptomatic treatment and none of them required steroids, antiviral drugs, or oxygen therapy. Um, so this is from uh, Dr. Suresh Kumar, medical director of Lok Nayak Hospital. So, so it's a cold. We've had colds before, people. The whole idea that we would even be considering locking countries down because of what appears to be uh, very uh, much like a cold-like symptom all right, but that's anecdotal, right? 24 observational pay, you know, this doctor's like, well, looks like a cold to me. Um, that's what we've been treating. But we have bigger data. This is from London. Here we can see uh, this is the percent of COVID patients requiring mechanical ventilation. And you can see here it goes from anywhere from 20% dipped as low as, I don't know what we would call that, maybe 12% or something, shot all the way up to about 30% here. It's been wobbling down, I think, is um, both... Uh, different variants have come in and also treatments have gotten better. Pe fewer people have been requiring mechanical ventilation. But look at this. Look at the nature of this line. And then Omicron comes and it just plunges. So we're down to, at least in London, about 10% of COVID patients using any sort of mechanical ventilation. I don't know if they count all the patients who went in the hospital or these are just ones in the ICU. I don't actually know the genesis of this data any deeper than this. I can just tell you that this chart has changed a lot very recently. There's nothing like it in the entire series going back to the beginning of this whole thing in 2020. That is a straight line plummet down. And the reason it's probably not even lower is because there are still patients on ventilators from the prior variants. It's not because 10% of people with Omicron are ending up on it. It's not how I would read this chart, but we'll have to wait for more data to come in. Um, Denmark, same sort of a thing here. You can see the explosion in cases and the explosion in deaths that they experienced way back here in the bad old days of 2020. And now uh, they weathered these next two waves reasonably well. You didn't see any corresponding real, not as huge uptick in deaths. So very good job managing that uh, hospital system seems to be operating better there than in the UK. Uh, and now we see this vast, vast explosion in cases and they've utterly decoupled from the death line, which has gone up. It's snuck up, no question about it, but it's not even remotely on the same scale as we're seeing from the prior waves, uh, particularly the first one, which caught them pretty flat-footed, medically speaking. Same thing we're seeing in South Africa. 
cases in blue, new deaths in red. You can see that the deaths usually follow. Here's the peak in new cases. Deaths were just a little bit behind it. Here, very coincident. Here, a little bit behind again for the Delta wave. Here, there's no relationship whatsoever at the moment uh, between cases and deaths. So unless Omicron is biding its time and it's going to, you know, if the average onset was a couple of weeks in between case rise and death uh, peaks in the prior waves, it ain't there with Omicron so far. Is it going to be a month or three months down? We don't know. But for now, uh, I will tell you that's unlikely. It's just pretty, it's not, it's not doing anything uh, in terms of deaths. And as well as hospitalization, South Africa data says the median length of stay, um, which I put, I, my, um, I put this behind, showed this to my uh, subscribers a while back, um, and also put it up on Twitter. The median stay was 10 days, but in all the prior waves going back through time, and then it's three days now, and this is the median hospital stays only three days, so much milder. Whatever's sweeping through South Africa, which is the Omicron, and now that was the data. Now we actually have the headlines, which uh, just came out today here. Omicron has 80% lower risk of hospitalization in South Africa, so that's what we're seeing there, um, and as well, France, this chart is showing ICU seven days exit rate. It's asking the question, how many, what percentage of the people who entered the ICU with COVID, how many of them were out within seven days? And the answer is 100%. Um, these are percentages here. So that's 20%, 40%, 60 80 100%. So 100% of people are leaving now within seven days where that used to be somewhere between 20 and say, closing in on 30 35%. That's a huge, huge difference. I posted this and somebody said, oh, but maybe they're all dying. I was like, well, that's a cool cool theory, bro, but you can just go to the data. Um, there's no huge uptick in, in uh, deaths over here going on in France. Again, a minor rise, it's happening, but it's vastly lower than we're seeing from any of the prior waves, which is very good news. It's the only way to interpret it. It's just really good news. Okay, um, I love this. Travis Kling, I love the way Travis put this. He said here, the UK has 12 confirmed Omicron deaths out of 45,000 confirmed cases. That gives it a case fatality rate of 0.027%. That would get Omicron FDA approval. What did he mean by that? Well, the standardized mortality rates after dose one and two for Pfizer were 0.42 and 0.37%, and for Moderna were 0.35 and 0.34% after dose two. So the FDA was like, oh my gosh, look at these, the standardized mortality rates were only 0.42 around somewhere between 0.34 and 0.42 for both Pfizer and Moderna. Those are great. We approve this drug. Uh, Maybe we should get Omicron through FDA approval because it crushes their, look at that, 0.0, call that, we'll round up, 0.03%. It has one-tenth the death rate of either of the two jabs. I think this thing should get approved. Omicron is better than Pfizer or Moderna. Just how it is. I like pointing out data when I see it. By the way, this is coming soon to a theater near you. This is a model. Models tend to be wrong a lot, but we're just going to look at this. This is over the next three months, and we're going here from no Omicron detected or detectable, so 0 to 0.1% incidence, all the way on up to 90 to 100% incidence. 100% means everybody's had it. Um, And so let's play this along and see what the next three months look like if it continues to spread as it has been for the past month. So you can see it. There it is in South Africa. It's showing up. South Africa is getting kind of orangey. Red is spreading up through Botswana. 
some other place in Africa up there is getting hit. Now you can see it exploding all over the place. Um, now we're in November 27th, 28th, November 30th. Now we're December. Um, here we are coming up on current day, December 22nd. Here we are. It's now basically going to be at 100% incidence by the end of this month, um, 90 to 100% everywhere. It is the most explosive spread I've ever seen. I've never seen a virus do anything like this. Maybe we just haven't tracked them before. I don't know, but I've never seen anything like this. So best of all worlds, this is the most explosive, virulent thing you can imagine. And it's not nearly 80% less deadly or lethal than COVID. You really couldn't have asked for a lot more if you were praying on your knees for a good outcome than this as it's currently configured. By the way, there are those out there who are very upset at this new development. This would be one. I, Eric Fagelding, he is just a tireless fearmonger. Look at this. He wrote here on December 20th, breaking first Omicron U.S. death in Texas. Singular, singular, first Omicron death in an unvaccinated man reinfected after previously having COVID. Oh, 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 oh my God. He goes into war garble mode. You can just see what he's saying. All these unvaccinated people, even if they've had previous infections, they're going to get crushed because he really likes the vaccine, vaccine only. He's never been a proponent of um, early treatments. He's never been a proponent of using terrain boosting things like vitamin D, et cetera. That's not his thing. He likes the vaccines, vaccines only. So he goes out and very carefully finds model places and anecdotes where, in this case, an unvaccinated man was reinfected and he died. And then he says, Following up on that a few days later, there will be countless more of these stories in the coming months, if these models are correct. It's very sinister sounding, right? I just would like to remind Eric that um, uh, in Houston, which happens to be in Texas, they already got to 85% zero prevalence or detectable, um, not zero prevalence, but uh, uh, detected cases at Houston Methodist when they're detecting people come in, they have uh, coronavirus. Which, which version do they have? Omicron went from zero to 85% in just over two weeks. So if you're going to see a lot more deaths like this, uh, they'd better be showing up soon, Eric, for your model, because um, they're already like, they've already, they've already gone red in, in that model we saw where the spread of this thing. So Omicron is already really, really big in Hardin, Texas, and we're hearing about a singular death so far. That's not bad news. That's the best news you could hope for in something like this. Because again, if we chase that singular case down, very strong odds. We're going to discover that this was a person who was already very much not well or had really been ravaged by the first round or was had a lot of comorbidities or was elderly or all of those things, right? There's a very strong chance of that. But to sort of pull from this up here, the summary might be if you were just, you know, into, into the fear, you would say, this thing's going to just crush us and we're just going to be overwhelmed. It's just going to be countless, countless deaths. I mean, that's what he says. There will be countless more of these stories, which is death. So my mental health advice, just ignore this guy and everybody out there who wants you to be afraid because being afraid is not good for your immune system. Having anxiety isn't good for your immune system. In fact, courage and calmness, you can help spread that. So if you're watching me, you probably already have a lot of those things anyway. And you're not part of maybe this crowd quite as much, or maybe you are. And congratulations. Thank you for coming to hear the other potential side of the story. I applaud that. But if you can be not full of the anxiety that's being spread here, you're in a better chance to help those people around you who lose lives literally are being corroded by anxiety and fear. I think living in you know abject fear is as bad as getting sick. I mean, they're just, they're, they're both um, illnesses of a sort. And by the way, spreading that 
Here's another great divider. Uh, current White House, they say, we are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing, and we will get through this. Okay, first error is Omicron, which I will show you in just a second. It actually, if whether you're vaccinated or not, it doesn't care. Honey badger virus, don't care. It, it, it attacks both groups equally. So that's, that's the first start. So, um, and for the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. That's the White House. So I think what we should do right now, we should take up a GoFundMe and make sure these people can get an internet connection because I used a Comcast connection to discover that the case fatality rate for this thing is um, 10 times better than being jabbed with a prior version. I found this. I used my internet. I really think the poor, I feel bad for the White House because um, they apparently don't have uh, any access to any of this stuff. By the way, if I was going to, let me see. I'm just going to break out. Let me do my, my copy editing. Uh, let me see if I was, if I was the, uh, yeah, no, I don't like any of that. Nope. I don't like any of this here. I'm, I'm rewriting the speech on the fly. I, this, you know, I'm sorry to do all this editing on the fly. Um, there. I think that's an appropriate speech. We'll get through this. Stiff upper lip. Let's do this. Uh, there. They just needed. They just needed a little. Just need a little editing. Um, I'm available. Talk to me. Okay. We'll get through this. Come on. It, it's all the data says that, and it is. Let me be. Let me be clear. It is completely irresponsible to spread this message in this way, at this time, at this time of the year, this was a completely inappropriate message to put out, and I will stand by that. And, oh, by the way, um, Alexandro Marinos on Twitter, I thought he captured it well. He was reading this uh, thing, and he said, well, this thing checks all the boxes. It ignored natural immunity. Yeah. Ignored risk stratification, right? Old people, ill people. Ignored any results of severity of disease which doesn't seem to be much, uh, ignored the prior predictions have been abysmal. And also it's downright effing gore. Uh, it is. So Alexandros, good job on that. At any rate, the conclusions for this, listen, this is very simple. This is episode 40. Here are my conclusions. Omicron is a very mild, mild version of SARS-CoV-2. And by the way, the most reliable doctors out there are reporting symptoms are indistinguishable from a common cold. Sniffles, if you even notice it. A lot of people don't even notice that they have it until they take a test. Imagine a disease so terrible that you have to test to even though you have it. And people are still terrified by that. I've heard stories lately of people saying, I tested positive for this thing. I feel fine. And my mom's blowing up my phone every 20 minutes wondering if I'm dead yet because that fear is really has really taken over. The deaths are vastly lower from Omicron than any prior um, variant that we've seen. Hospitalizations are both lower and shorter, and uh, fewer in number and shorter. By the way, being fully vaccinated does not prevent, and in fact, according to Dutch data, it accelerates the catching of Omicron. People with two jabs in them are 40% more likely to catch this thing than people who are triple jabbed or people who are completely unvaccinated. It's for whatever reason, we have some theories about why that is, but um, that's what the data says so far. And we see that in the UK data as well. Not completely as obviously below a certain age, unvaccinated people catch this a little bit more. Above a certain age, unvaccinated people catch it a little more. But between two big fat age bands, which is basically, I think, from like 30 to 60, vaccinated people are catching it at a far higher rate than unvaccinated people. 
Go figure out why. But one thing you can't say is we have a credible argument to say that being vaccinated, being fully vaccinated is protective against catching and or transmitting the Omicron. Um, Omicron, this is great news. It's such great news that it outcompetes other variants. That's the UK data. That's where you're showing you the purple bars squeezing out the green bars, which were the other variants. That purple bar of Omicron that it's that it's preferentially coming in and nudging out the other variants is a great thing because these are the bad variants and it outcompetes them. So on that basis alone, it's going to have a very positive impact on hospitalizations and deaths, period, all by itself. As Travis Kling said, it actually is operating and may outcompete the vaccines in terms of utility, in terms of health protectiveness, in terms of all kinds of things. That's the way we're seeing it right now. And by the way, it'll all be over in about two to three months at the most because it blasts through a society incredibly quickly. I've never seen anything like it. It's really astonishing. So all in all, this is really the very best we could have hoped for. Hey, happy holidays and happy new year. Um, this means to me that I'm, uh, which I've suggested before was a possibility. I'm going to get a little stronger with it now and just state it outright. Omicron spells the end of the COVID crisis. That's what the data says so far. We could still be surprised, right? In parens, just below. You know, unless a worse variant does come along, always possible immune escape variants because of a faulty, fraud, flawed, leaky vaccine strategy. It's always possible. But for now, what we're seeing, Omicron is the real deal. So is it, this is the end of the COVID crisis unless we get that worse variant or politicians just can't let go of all this tasty power and control that they've managed to um, seize in, in this time, right? So a couple of countries out there, Australia, Canada, you're going to have a hard time crawling out from under this because you've got um, a real strong commitment to this being terrible and awful. But listen, this data on Omicron should break the spell. It really should. We should be asking Who's afraid of the sniffles, right, um, in, in the most case, right? All right, uh, please ignore those fear mongers. The data doesn't even remotely, remotely support their positions. That's how it is right now. If the data changes, I'll change, and you should too. But for now, the data is coming in and confirming and reconfirming every week or day that ticks by without some mysterious explosion in illness or, or morbidity around this disease around Omicron, the better, the better it all looks. So we are pretty deep down in this story right now. Um, we're a month in and we don't see that pretty, pretty solid saying this thing is over. Um, so I strongly recommend that the fear mongers just stop. Uh, that's the media media time to catch TF up on this whole story, please. You, you can start putting out articles. By the way, I've seen a few media outlets start to do this saying things like does Omicron spell the end, you know, um, but most of them are really hyper committed, particularly those that um, we'll call them the blue checkmark media, the ones that are really seem to be wrapped into the power structure are having a hard time letting go of that old fear narrative. Uh, and I really wish that they would. Um, by the way, this is for self, your little survival media. <laughs> the longer you do this, the more people you're going to lose. And when your readers find out how badly you misled them and then how slow you are to catch up to the true nature of this story, I think the more people you're going to lose, and I mean lose, like lose, like I'll never subscribe to you again. Sorry, right? So a little pro tip there. And uh, politicians, they just have to, they really, politicians, you got to stop this. You got to stop locking people up and ruining economies. You want to ruin somebody's economy and, you know, which does extraordinary damage, you better have a darn good reason for that. And again, maybe people will or will not notice and um, may not be in a mood to reelect you if that happens. That's what I see coming. So there's lots we can do about this. The first thing is, I'm not so convinced that these politicians are going to release 
their hold on things, which is why we're holding, I want you to save a couple of dates. First, we're holding an annual seminar, Peak Prosperity. My company, we hold a great seminar. I'm so excited this year. Look who we've got coming this year. They're going to be presenting virtually. You'll have a chance to ask live questions and answers. This is a live virtual event. So you don't have to get up and travel and um, you know do all sorts of crazy things like that. You can sit in the comfort of your home. This is Saturday, Sunday. It will be recorded. So if you sign up, you can always watch it at whatever pace you want. But if you show up live, there's a chance to be asking questions of all these amazing people here. So if you go to this URL down here, you can find out more about it and um, really what the agenda is and who uh, what each of these people is going to talk about. Save the dates, plural, because there's another date coming up January 23rd, which is on Sunday. I can't even, I'm going to let you read these words off here. I'm going to tell you that there's something fun showing up on that date. Um, And there's a lot of great people who are involved in this thing as well. And it's time for the United States to join the rest of the world in saying, hey, enough. Um, And we want to, we're peaceful people. We're ready to get back on with our lives and uh, ready to make that known. So this is an extraordinary event. I'm getting cagey about it because you wouldn't believe the amount of censorship that's already come down around this concept. Um, So I'll just leave it at that. Hey, that's all I have to tell you today. Reminder, there's always a part two to this. And in part two, I'm going to be going over a little bit more about exactly what I, how, why I think this whole thing developed the way it did, who was really responsible for this thing developing. And by the way, as you know, I don't believe this was an organic incident. This virus did not come from nature. 99.99% sure about that. Came out of a lab and then a bunch of people did use it for their own power and benefit and other uses. So we should talk about that because it has a lot of implications for how the future is going to unfold. So that's what we're going to talk about in part two. You can come by Peak Prosperity. That's playing right now. If you click up on this link over my shoulder here, that'll get you there and uh, and you can join the conversation. We'd love to have you there. But first, you might, if you're interested in the seminar, check that out because we've got a great bundle deal for people who want to both join and would like to attend the seminar. Really good thing for you to check out there. All right. That's all I have for now. And uh, I'm just going to wish you Merry Christmas, absolute best of holidays. Have a really happy new year. Good news, Omicron is spelling the end of COVID so we can get back on with our lives. Best news I've had in a long time. All right, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.